Hello, and welcome to episode 54 of The Podding Shed. During the barren wilderness that is the international break, it is good, good to remind ourselves of happier times. A little over a week ago, our old friend Arson and his band of technically proficient invertebrates visited Stamford Bridge <laughs> and, left, and left with what they usually leave with, a raging sense of misplaced injustice and nil point. Those of us who recall being mocked by the average gooner for our lack of silverware and inability to beat them find it rather amusing they have resorted to celebrating their plucky have-a-go hero manager taking a shove at Jose, Jack Wilshire swearing at JT, and Danny Welbeck taking out Fabregas. Well, how the mighty have fallen, eh? Joining me, Deck Heiser, or Johnny as I'm otherwise known, to laugh at Arsenal and ponder whatever else has caught us of late, are Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Uh, good evening. Grosser Jack, who is Tony. Good evening. And So Contrary, who is Mark. And boy, tot tot. What? My goodness, Mark. What, what are you on about? <laughs> you don't speak Vietnamese, then. <laughs> I don't, alas, alas, not. No, come on. I mean, you've got to. Are you true supporters of the club or what? Oh, I see. We, we, today we have signed up Vietnam Mobile. Yes. I mean, I drink, sing a beer, and I buy it from Waitrose. I've even bought myself a brand new shiny Audi. And obviously today, in, in support of the club and their new partner, I've got myself a Vietnamese mobile SIM card. <laughs> I mean, it's bloody useless, I tell you. Even with the window open, I still can't get a signal. I don't know what's going on. Haven't we got some... I, I, I suspect it may have been affected by Agent Orange. <laughs> oh, dear, like, dear, dear, dear. <laughs> all the lights. <laughs> Hope, hopefully not. Um, didn't I, I? I think I read somewhere on my Twitter feed that we've we've got something like a million Facebook followers in Vietnam, or something really? bizarre like that. Yeah, I, 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 whether I've read that wrong or whether it was a million, whatever the the thing is on Facebook, thumbs up, likes, whatever it happens to be. But um, you know, we are expanding into other markets, which I suppose inevitably we can we can touch on later. The whole um, well, what was game thirty nine, but now appears to be game thirty eight. Hmm. And what's happened? Uh, who's, who's our premier snack partner? I know it's it's Mr. Spud or something from Man United, but I've always wondered who has it. This is with Ro- you know Wayne Rooney and Mr. Spud or something is their, <laughs> is their snack well, sure, partner. You know, I think I think we've got official male grooming partners and and all sorts of <clears throat> stuff. But oh, we do. Um, we have Dolce and Gabbana for suits, don't we? And because uh, they're, they're in and touch with their demographic there, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I, I can picture you in a bit of Dolce & Gabbana, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> just, just in case. Just in case. Just in case people think we're a load of old fogies bemoaning the changing world. I would like to say that oh, we are. before this recording, I am modelling a, uh, a pair of... I, I know it's not Dr. Dre's, so I'm not quite there yet, but uh, a pair of skull candy headphones here, you know? For the, the younger listener will appreciate just how... You know, I've heard of them, and obviously, if we if we had f- footage to accompany this, though, you would see me peering over my glasses at this moment ah, of time. Indeed, um, <laughs> I say, candy, I'll, have you, I'll have you know, sir. My word, who have you borrowed them from? Uh, <clears throat> my uh, my nine year old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Prosec- how, did, prosec- how did you know they weren't mine? <laughs> I think the prosecution has no further questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, God. Right, we've digressed somewhat already, which yes. is, is, is a good and bad sign. Um, Arsenal. Well, a very enjoyable day out it was as well. Um, a game that um, I, I think was probably most notable. Obviously, we were highly unlikely to get a repeat of last year's 6-0 humping of um, Arsenal and his boys. Um, but 
I just get the impression that the, the events, especially of Wenger wandering into the technical Jose's technical area and giving him a shove, he's he's giving off the air of a, a man who is who is pretty much beaten before he goes out on the pitch or before his team takes the pitch. He's he's so clearly wound up by by Jose, which is is a marvelous thing. It, you know, really is. Fantastic. Um, the refereeing, I thought, was was weird and inconsistent. And if we are being entirely truthful, had Cahill got a red, which you know I don't think anyone could really have whinged about um, for his tackle on Sanchez fairly early on, which caused the Wenger meltdown. Um, if, if we'd have been down to ten at that point, I don't think we really could have whinged, and it could have all been entirely different. But ultimately, it wasn't. Um, and um, we, we ran out 2-0 winners. Um, Arsene was all in a lava. Jose sort of brushed the whole the whole thing off. Um, Tone, you were there. Give your thoughts on the game. Uh, I, I was. Um, before we go any further, I just want to, mm. to thank you for, um, for selecting me, even though I told you earlier on I was pretty tired. It's been a hefty few days, really, all in all. But... Um, uh, I was there. There's something uh, obviously I missed last year's, um, you know, like as, you, as you so delightfully put it, humping of Arsenal six mm. nil. Um, there was something for me slightly more rewarding about this one because it was more hard fought, and they were definitely um, a, a bit more of a resilient side um, than, than, than perhaps the, the one that um, melted down in front of us, or you know, in front of me in the TV as it was last year. Um, mm. and, I, and, and so there was something a bit more satisfying. I think the, the, the sheer volume um, that, that, that Stanford Bridge encountered when Costa scored, um, and, yes. and, and everybody in that ground saw who had laid that pass on. And I'd, I'd, I'd put up with some friends of mine next to me who'd been pretty much one of them, particularly critical of Fabregas saying he was only playing at 60% because he was playing against Arsenal, you know, he wasn't doing his job. <laughs> and, and, and in one pass, he kind of completely dismantled that argument um, altogether. A, a cracker of a pass it was as well. And it was. Um, but I think, you know, they, they, they came, they didn't off, seem to offer, although they were resilient, they didn't seem to offer an awful lot. I don't recall um, uh, Courtois um, or Czech um, having to make much in the way of anything like a, any, any sort of decent save. Um, no, I mean there was. I think there was the odd, the odd moment where, well, certainly when, I mean, Courtois went off injured, and we'll, we'll kind of come to that in a, mm. in a little while because there's there's sort of a broad debate about what happened there um, when he came off his line to um, to smother Sanchez's chances where he got, he got a thigh in the side of his head for his, his trouble, and I think Czech came out a couple of times. Um, once quite early on, he hadn't been on for long um, to sort of dive at someone's feet. Um, all, all the chances they were getting because. I think we were sort of, you know, our, our sort of new, def- well, newer defensive high line. Um, they they got the odd sort of through ball, and um, that was, you know, called called upon the keepers. Um, but um, yeah, they, neither neither were terribly busy. It has to be said. And it was for me. I mean, that, it was it was something because it was so tense. I went there um, in all honesty. I'd had the flu jab the day before, so I felt absolutely shocking. Mm. Um, and I'd had a bit of a bad reaction to it, so I was sort of shivering my way through the game. And, and uh, it was a mark of, uh, I guess, you'd had to be a, uh, a kind of Chelsea or Arsenal purist to have enjoyed it for me this hard. I think as neutral, you would have probably thought, uh, this is a bit of a dour game, you know, there wasn't an awful lot of entertainment on show. You know, when you're in the ground, of course, you get that sense of, um, 
the adversarial nature of it and, and the, you know, the, the odd kick going in here and there. You talk about Cahill, but obviously Callum Chambers was dead lucky to stay on for, yeah. for two blatant, you know, uh, or what should have been a second blatant yellow as well as his first one. And then, of course, you had Welbeck's rush of blood at the end. Um, and, and I would argue that Koscielny, um, I, I would do, you know, taking Hazard out when, I get, he had no choice. Uh, I think as it was round him, and no, that would have been tucked away no, beautifully. Gone, you know. Right, yeah. Um, so you know, it was a b- bit of each. When you hear the Arsenal fans sort of giving it all a large about it, you do have to sort of laugh. But um, oh for no, me, the music in the grander context. But I think Cahill's was kind of the first. Yeah, discretion wasn't yeah. it? So I, yeah, I thought overall, um, I enjoyed it probably more than if it, if I'd been a neutral watching the game. I'd have been thinking, well, you know, this is typical Super Sunday fair that they've blown up out of all proportion and. And what have you, but being in the mm. ground, being there when that moment when Costa, who had, to be fair, not done an awful lot that game, he had not an awful lot to do, he hadn't had a lot of service. Well, I was, um, I was, uh, you know, I will point out this this moment in time that I obviously should take the, the credit for it because I turned to the bloke about next to me about 90 seconds before Costa scored and said, hey, he, need, he needs to come off, he's done nothing all day. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> excellent, excellent uh, analysis. And I just there. want to say the, the other thing about it was that um, he made some baffling decisions, Wenger, I, I think. I thought, you know, he took um, he took off Cazola, or Cazola, whatever his name is, who I thought was having a really decent game for them. Mm, yeah, um, I did as well. And it was sort of like a bit baffling. What's he taking him off for? He's one of the players that looks likely to make something happen. Um the, uh, the the Mourinho thing, on, on in retrospect, I mean, we didn't really see what happened at the time. We just saw that there'd been a bit of a cuff, kerfuffle or whatever. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'd assumed at that point that Mourinho had started it. <laughs> They'd got in and done you know, some sort of like, you know, knee-high tackle on him or something like that. Um, so afterwards, I was a bit surprised. And it did look to me a touch like the, this, the older man who'd kind of lost all sense of... of of what he could do, his frustration boiling over that he has never beaten Mourinho. Never. Mm. That must be something that sticks That's 12, in his throat. 12 games now, isn't it? He's got under his skin. I'd argue he's got under Wenger's skin more than Ferguson ever did. You know, and it just seems yeah, incredible, doesn't it? You know, yeah. Very possible. Um, yeah, I, I, do, I it just, I think at that moment, I, I, like you, I didn't actually see it, but the, the chap I sit next to said, oh, you know, Wenger looks like he sort of wandered over and shoved him. Pardon me. Um, it, it does make you think, yep, you, you are pretty much beaten by the you know by the time you walk on the or your team walks on the pitch. Um, the um, uh, sorry, Dona, we'll, we'll come to Mark first. Your yes, thought, your thoughts on the game, and then I'll come and come on to you. That's very kind of you to apologise to Donald. For I, I'm getting I'm getting my words mixed up. I'm, I'm, I'm so you didn't mean to apologise. You, you meant to insult him. Well, why, why don't you insult him first and then get on to me? Come. I'm more, more than happy to do so at any given uh, moment. Donal, back in your box. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't mind coming in after uh, Donald. It's a bit like Tony. Um, I, I'm feeling quite tired because um, it's only been 14 days since my last podcast, mm. and um, that's quite a heavy schedule. Well, I, and, I, and I've got the sort of Raheem Sterling <laughs> effect where I, I wouldn't mind a rest if you don't mind resting me. A bit of a bit of peace and quiet in between. Games. What you've got to be careful of here <laughs> is that. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis and Chuck Berry once got into an argument over who should close the show. And eventually, uh, Jerry Lee was forced to give way and go on before Chuck Berry. He, of course, did a marvellous set and then set fire to the stage, walked off (laughs) past Chuck Berry and said, now go on and finish the show. (laughs) So we need to be careful here. Yeah, but I'd like to see you get off the internet. (laughs) 
<laughs> Some people would say that with my sparkling wit and repartee, I regularly do. <laughs> but anyway, we'll... <laughs> Some do. We'll move on. Mm. <clears throat> Carry on, Mark. Carry Let's on. hear what you have to say. Well, enough said about the game, really. But, um, I mean, what I took from it was that um, Arsenal just lacked class in a sore loser's. I mean, Wenger's reaction to um, Jose, first of all, pushing him is one thing, but also what I don't like is the way he never quite tells the truth. You know, this story about walking from A to B and that Mourinho just got in the way. Why can't he just be honest and Mm. say that Mourinho completely pissed him off and he just wanted to shove him over? I think people (laughs) would respect him more if he said that Mm. rather than trying to... um, Yes, disingenuous. The, the, uh, he, someone was stopping me getting from A to B was, frankly, a cartload of bollocks, really, yeah. wasn't it, if we're being... Which he always does, you know. I mean, he started it 15 years ago saying he never saw it. I mean, he's been like that ever since. He, mm. He's not an honest person. Also, the fans lack class as well. I mean, when Chelsea went up to Man City, we spent the whole game cheering Frank Lampard. When he came on, we cheered him more than any of the current Chelsea players. And when he scored, we cheered him. Mm. Arsenal, all they do is boo Cesc Fabregas, who was a terrific player for them and would have gone back to them if they'd only opened their checkbook. And mm. no, matter, no matter who leaves Arsenal, they never leave with good grace, even if they've done a terrific job. And I thought it was ironic that, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was dreaming or not, but when I saw Cesc play that ball through to Costa, it could just as easily have been Lampard putting it through over the top to... Drogba. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and how Cesc craved making that pass when he was at Arsenal, if only he hadn't had a forward line of useless midgets. <laughs> Perfectly summarised, I feel. Perfectly summarised. No, it's, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely correct. I, I noted in the, the depths of International Week as we are, um, that whoever the coach of Spain is, because such is my knowledge of international football, I can't remember. Um, that's the fella. Um, how he must um, must be rather pleased that um, Mr. Fabregas and Mr. Costa are uh, on this, playing on the same t- same team together because that's um, I think that bodes quite well for him. When um, yeah, well, that's team not quite working out as well for Spain as it is for Chelsea. So um, no, it's not not yet. But um, I think um, it will it will probably develop over the course of time. But um, we shall see. We shall see. Um, the fans also let off some flares, didn't they, at the start of the game? They did, yes. Um, out, outside on the concourse, which is all a mm. bit odd. But, um, you know, Arsenal, what more can you say, frankly? Um, well, they didn't, they, I didn't realise it was outside, so they couldn't even get it into the stadium. That sort of reflects their play a bit. They can't quite get it into the box. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've gone off before time, so to speak. Um well, yeah. I've suffered that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were probably distress flares rather than anything else, weren't they? I think um, any Arsenal fan would always carry a distress flare with them, as, um, given the amount of distress they often find themselves. They often find themselves, yeah. Um, as, as, um, as, as occasional resident of this um, this here shed, Dan Levine noted on Twitter, is that perhaps it was um, a tribute to the items of clothing that. Um, the average Arsenal fan was wearing the last time they won a European trophy. Ah! Boom, and so on. Um, uh, Donal, over to you. Um, yes, I don't, I don't have much to add. I think uh, you know it was a it was a decent performance. Um, to be fair to Arsenal, they were missing a few players, but 
I still think we would have found something in the bag to have beaten them. Mm. Um, not wanting to sensationalise or, or carry on the sort of media scrum type thing that deflects away from the football, but bearing in mind <clears throat> our vast foreign li- listenership, particularly those in places like Vietnam, etc., mm. who, who perhaps lack, um, through no fault of their own, uh, an in-depth understanding of European history. Um, it is worth remarking that the confrontation, shall we say, between Mrs. Wenger and Mourinho does have a slightly longer history than perhaps many of us are aware of, because if one goes back to the uh, Seven Years' War, um, which in English history we learn that the Seven Years' War took place between 1754 and 1763, which the more perspicacious of you will realise is actually nine years rather than seven. Mm. But we won't go into why that is. Um, But obviously uh, France and Portugal were on the opposite sides of of that conflict. (coughs) And then uh, some years later, in uh, in the uh, early years of the 19th century, we had the Peninsular War, again, which saw France and Portugal on opposite sides. So there's pe- perhaps a little more historical depth to the uh, to the tensions between Mrs. Wenger and, and Mourinho than, than just personality. Uh, and hence the, the more territorial nature of the spat, i.e. someone wanting to take territory or go through someone's territory and being prevented from doing so. Yeah, so I think it's important to understand that. Do you, um, do you other, noted? Yes, well, I thought, I thought we should. Uh, and use, the other thing useful, is, useful for our Vietnamese listener. <laughs> yes, well, I think that's important. And the other thing I think we should note is that um, that doyen of uh, football punditry, uh, Mr Keogh pointed out on Match of the Day that evening, Chelsea did, of course, just kick Arsenal out of the game. And um, I think we should own up to that. We should put our hands up because, obviously, he uh, showed incident after incident where Chelsea got the ball off Arsenal through terrible and foul means. Somehow, they... (laughs) You may call it tackling. Mr Kieran, who obviously was a man not given to overly physical play in his career, felt that it was somewhat unfair. Um, He then looked at the foul count and saw that Arsenal had actually been penalised more, but obviously the referee, his interpretation of the game. Um, So I think, yeah, we have to to sort of, in the interest of balance, point out that, yes, Chelsea went and kicked Arsenal out of the game. I think we will not up to that. We won't no, quite, quite. And it's, got, and it's got no place in, in the modern game. So, Other than when you're playing City, when it's perfectly, obviously, acceptable for them to kick mm. you off the pitch and no one will mention it. And that's really all I've got to say on, on the subject of no, Chelsea versus Arsenal. You, you sound slightly better. You, there, there were technical gremlins in there somewhere. Whether they've come out on the recording or not, we will only... Were they? We will only find out as when it hits the... I'm uh, possibly using equipment that <coughs> was salvaged from the Peninsular War. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I see. Um, I'll bring it on to Antiques Roadshow oh, one day. Yeah. See how much you get through. New technology baffles pissed old hack comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> these, things, these things happen. Yes. Um, we, we should just have a quick, a quick look at the, the, the Courtois. Yeah, less, less of the hack there, please. Oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, the, the Courtois incident. Um, 
it, it sort of seems it's like it's all been kind of dealt with and you know he wasn't concussed and, and he, the actual the, the blood coming from his ear was cut on his ear rather than anything more sinister um but i i just found it very odd that he stayed on in the sense that presumably by the time that the lovely eva arrived on the scene she wouldn't have known whether he was out or not but he was flat on his back and you know it's one of those moments where were, were cartoons mixed with real life as in with who framed roger rabbit there would have been you know stars and little birds spinning around him because um, he didn't look terribly well. Um, I just found it odd that he was allowed to stay on. He wasn't removed as a precaution because no one knew. Presumably, they have this. They now have this third additional doctor um, in the tunnel who has access. To, well, I presume has access to footage and so on and so forth. I don't know whether he was consulted or not. Um, anyone agree? Disagree? I find it strange. Were, perhaps he was just. Um Preempting Raheem Sterling, I thought maybe he was just having a little kip, you know, a little tired, a little rest on the pitch, you know, um, a, li- a little, a little break. Yes, um, he'd had a strenuous, you know, eight minutes or so before that. Um, no, I thought it was an, an odd decision as well. But they, you know, they make those decisions in the heat at the moment. I think the flack that um, the medical team have come under is a little too harsh for me because it's, it's not like we haven't got an absolutely shit hot replacement sitting on the bench. Right, so it's not like you know that it was it was a massively critical part of the the infrastructure of the team that had gone, and that you were doing the old boxing thing, you know, you know, give him some sniffing salts and get him back up again, or you know, he doesn't know who he is, boss, or tell him he's fucking Pele and put, getting a play on sort of thing. <laughs> uh, it's not that. It, it's more about the fact that they make those decisions in the heat of the moment. Courtois' subsequent statement said he thought they did the right thing. He felt okay. At the time, he was able to answer all the questions, how many, hand, how many fingers you're holding up and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, and, and I think you, yeah, they, they make that judgment call there. I mean, if we're going to get to a point where, you know, any sign of a head injury or any sign of anything is going to mean immediate replacement of that player, you're going to have to look at more than three substitutes, I think, because, you know, they, this, this stuff happens regularly during the game. There was a couple of other clashes which could have been potentially head injuries during that game. I seem to recall, certainly, I thought John Terry went down at one point um, with, uh, on a clash with an Arsenal player. And so I think, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy for people to sit there and, and bitch. It was almost like, well, we can't let Chelsea have the credit for winning this game, right? So we have to find another reason to dig them out. It's almost like sometimes I think the media's got this little click of people that sit there saying, well, you know, what can we do to, to sour the milk on this one a little bit? Uh, oh no, we'll pick on that Eva Canaro and, and and the other guy or whatever. It just seems to me that they made it's... they made an honest decision, and and then to go at Mourinho about it when Mourinho said you know he has to trust what they say. What's he supposed to do? Yeah, no, I mean in in terms of Mourinho, it's absolutely fair enough because it, it's actually the the whole premise. If it, if it's a head injury, then it, it's it's entirely the medical staff's decision, and it shouldn't. Well, you know whether it happens or not, anyone anyone's guess. I think it's highly unlikely that the coach would put any pressure on the medical staff if they were saying, no, you've got to get him off. Um, Mark, your your thoughts? Well, my understanding is that the doctor on the side of the pitch didn't have access to the TV cameras. They only can see what they can see on the pitch. Oh, and, and right, okay. I thought they were... I, I can't guarantee that, but that's what yeah. I heard afterwards. So if that's true, he wasn't flat out on his back for very long. He sort of came round relatively quickly. And so, from the TV, which obviously I only saw after on, on the highlights, he did look completely spark out. Mm. And you probably say, well, he must be concussed. 
from the touchline on the, on the halfway line, seeing him lying there for a moment, and then he's suddenly coming round, you may, you know, you, you probably make a different decision. Possibly so. I did, my, my, my concern about it was, was that actually who's going to know if you, and that's interesting, is I thought they had access to footage, um, was, was who's actually going to know, if, even if he was only out for a second or two. No one's actually going to know that, least of all him. And in, if, if someone can't actually check and, you know, look at footage and say, right, yeah, he's clearly gone, dump, and out there, evil wouldn't know. I find it, I just find it a wee bit strange. I, if, if that's the case, then surely the, the third doctor needs, you know, absolute access to, to video footage or whatever so he can see what's gone on. If he, if he hasn't got that, I find that a bit odd. But, um, but anyway. anyway. I, do, I think they need to, in general, not, not particularly this incident, but uh, in general it has to be a, a much tighter protocol. If, if someone loses consciousness... No matter how well they afterwards, they've got they've come off. I just think, you know, other sports. Well, I'm willing to donate um, fifty pounds if, if um, Tony and um, Jonathan, you're willing to match that, <laughs> just to upgrade his fifty-six k modem from <laughs> 1981 <laughs> to a broadband connection. <laughs> <laughs> it's, is it still really bad? You're you're, sound, you're sounding a bit dial up. It has to be said, but um, it's we very, don't. It's unusual. Normally, it's uh, no. So usually, you're you're fine. But um, it, it may be yeah. that it comes out fine on the recording. But um, as, as has happened in the past. But um, but we shall see. We, yeah. We've we've got we've got the belt and braces recording equipment in place anyway. So well, I do apologise. Um, quite all right. Quite quite all right. right. Normally, I, I don't experience any difficulties, as they say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to say, yeah. you, have, you have definitely gone a bit max headroom now. Um, mm. One for the teenagers right. there. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. But um, well, I could put it down to my skull candy headphones <laughs> somehow interfering. It could, it could well be. Uh, well, be. yeah, everything. Uh, I, I seem to have proper. Signal strength, etc. According to my equipment, there we go. Who knows? My will just—I'll shut up and you carry it and see if it clears up. No, well, um, we, we, sh- we shall reintroduce you into the conversation shortly. Um, so, the, obviously, the, the, the win against Arsenal—it's—it's—it it's, um, it puts us. I think we're, we're still five points clear um, at the top of the Premiership. We um, we head off to um, Selhurst Park for. Um, Crystal Palace on Saturday, which is where where pretty much it all came and unravelled last season. Um, I hope he won't be as careless again. And then um, we have the the visit of NK Malibor to the bridge um, a, a week tomorrow, um, and then a trip to Old Trafford at the weekend. So it's the start of quite a, a, an interesting run of games. We've got Liverpool away as well, and there's. Um, QPR thrown in there too, and um, up, up right up to the, I think the beginning of December when we have Spurs. So it's um, it's kind of a fairly key run of games. Um, hopefully, all of the um, the protagonists who are away on international duty will come back in one piece and um, raring to go. Um, anyone have anything else to add about Arsenal? I thought Costa took his goal very well. Mm. Yes, he um, he's he's kind of. I've mentioned this before, whether he's going to score that many goals from outside the box or 30, but he's just one of those 
one of those players that has the knack of, of being in the right place at the right time, which there's obviously a lot more to it than that. He's, I think he's a very intelligent footballer, but um, it was um, it was very pleasing to see. But I, the interesting comparison that I, someone made somewhere on Twitter was the um, in terms of the keepers, both. I mean, Courtois obviously took a, a thump to the side of the head for the um, for his troubles, and, and Czech dived at the feet of. Um, on rushing Arsenal players a couple of times, um, but watching um, what's his name Chesney, he, he didn't really know what to do. He saw the pass coming and saw Costa and came out and then went back and kind of just got caught in no man's land and ended up conceding. I thought it was quite an interesting comparison to make actually. But um, it sort of echoes of um, <clears throat> Torrey's goal against City last season. Sort of mm. Joe Hart, a bit, you know, there was a sort of fear struck into the heart <laughs> of them. <laughs> Um, so I, did, I wonder whether that yeah, sort of echoes of that really for me, but um, yeah. it was fabulous, and, and of course it did absolutely lift the roof off the place. I mean, the, sort of for sheer on a day, and I think that's maybe what it was because by that time last year, of course, we were six nil up, and and, mm. you know, and looking at you know, oh, can we get seven? Can we really you know, as if six isn't really humiliating, <laughs> you know, humiliating enough. <laughs> um, but in this particular case, that it, with the you know nine minutes or whatever it was to go. It, it, it put the seal on the game. Although, you know, there was there was still a little bit of... I think there was some chance going around about, are oh, you Tottenham in disguise? And I said, you know, I, I, I will start singing that in the 91st minute when we're 2-0 up. Okay, <laughs> because with, with eight minutes to go. And I, I, do you know what? I think it's because I'm still freaked out. I'm still severely spooked. And I still wake up in the odd cold sweat about, you know, um, the, the occasion when we were 2-0 up with 16 minutes to go. And they brought on Carnu. And, mm, and to yeah, a man, yeah. everybody in, in Stamford Bridge started shouting, who are you? Who are you? And then, you know, within 15 minutes, he pretty much told us who he was and, mm. and almost, you know, signed but, it in his own blood. Like, here you go, that's who but, I am. What about but, we, you? but we know, we know, we know why that happened because someone somewhere in the ground at 2 0 up stood up and said, <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely nothing, nothing can, can go, go wrong, wrong now. now. That's <laughs> right, yes, yes. Yeah, um, you know, so I think. For me, as Mark said, and I, I, I just want a quick mention. Of, I thought that um, um, our, our our midfield Oscar that was one of the best games mm, um, I've seen him play um, ever since, since he's been at Chelsea. I thought you know because he's, he gets criticism because he, I think he has a tendency to drift in and out of games or not in and out of the game per se. One week he's pretty good, and the next minute you're thinking, what's he doing on the pitch? Um, but I thought him and Hazard just worked. You know, just. The, the sheer work rate of, of... And I'd always say Oscar was almost, at points, Makaleli-like in the way he just got in their way. And that mm. was fantastic to see, that it's, attitude. It's, it's, it's interesting you say that, because I, I read an article um, on some sort of, you know, football blog, which was, um, you know, crazy. I think it was Jonathan Wilson, the, the, the tactical chap who's written various books on revolving contra-rotating pyramids and diamonds and all that sort of stuff um pointing out how you know how incredibly proficient oscar was in just breaking them up and tackles and 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 just stopping arsenal playing um and and possibly not not really noticed you know fabregas i, I don't think was having a particularly tremendous game until until you put the put that pass in, um, but I think you know we we had probably less of the ball than we might have expected to, or we we might want to for to, to suit him. Um, and I thought Matic was very good as well. Um, and it's the two yes, of them. The two of them upset Martin Keogh immensely. So anything that did that was job done. You know, 
Mm. Job done, definitely. You're, you're, sound, you're sounding more, more broadband now, Donal. That's um, good news. It's good news. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it was just one of those really good sort of hard-working grafting performances that um that we you know we're going to need to put in this season um well you need to put in every season but yeah you know this season would be um would be useful as well um i think that's probably it for arsenal isn't it we've laughed at them enough um we should they would just a little note that i saw crop up on um on twitter today that um it's their annual general meeting on um on thursday and um, there are a number of shareholders who want to question stan cronky over a three million payment three million pound payment to another one of his companies from arsenal limited or whatever it happens to be um for something along the lines of you know his services right right okay well what's that <laughs> um Blimey. and um and also to to question mr wenger about his summer transfer strategy so uh, that should be that should all be quite entertaining as well um we obviously we also had um a trip out to Lisbon, um, and obviously Mark was there as we discussed on the last podcast um, to play Sporting Lisbon in the uh, in the Champions League, our first away fixture of the season. Um, got the win, not the most attractive and more exciting as, of games, um, but Champions League group stages, wins, wins, wins. I don't think it really matters how they come. Um, their keeper, I think it was Rui Patricio or whatever his name was. Their keeper had an absolute blinder and made about five or six really decent saves. Um, Scherler had obviously found Torres's boots and um, missed numerous chances, and um, you know, hopefully, he will um, find his own shooting back, shoot, shooting boots again at some point in the not too distant. Um, but yeah, an important win after um, after the opening day draw with Schalke, and then we've got um, Maribor home and away, which um, you know, you would hope we could um, do a decent job of wrapping the group up. Um, Mark, how do you obviously? Um, regaled us with tales of um, of custard tarts on the last podcast um how was um how was the rest of the trip yeah no it was great thanks um when, when do we have the podcast was it on the monday and the game was on the tuesday I th- yeah i think it was the, yeah, the yeah. monday yes yeah, yeah so yeah. the trip was sort of yeah. nearing its end so um yeah um i mean i thought the game was good i thought we played really really well yeah, okay. um of pe- the feedback i was getting from twitter and whatever uh, people watching on TV weren't that impressed. But in the stadium, I thought it was really good, and um, okay. we were all over them. I mean, if if we had been able to finish, it was a six 0 performance, which away from home was fantastic. I mean, I thought, you know, they'd, they'd be putting us under the pressure the whole time, but we completely dominated the game, and we made so many chances. Mm. That, that was the only aspect of our game that was lacking. Finishing, but in all other respects, respects we were fantastic. Yeah, okay. Now, I must say, I thought, I thought that we we kind of let them back in a little bit later on and um, it got slightly nervy towards the end or you know that may be just the impression you get when you're 1-0 up away from home there's just an automatic um, bout of nerves we may well have been in, in better control than um, than it seemed but um, no well, I was never panicking and um, no I thought we played really well we deserved the win um, as always we got held in for half an hour after the game by the local police who stood there smoking and throwing their cigarette butts down at the ground in front of us. Which I find very strange. Sm- smoking policemen. And then they, um, they let us out and they escorted us to the nearest metro station and laid on a train that went through all the stops without stopping into the main terminus. Yeah, right. So for those Chelsea fans who were staying nearer the airport, they then had to go and find another way back about ten stations. <laughs> 
there's lovely and helpful. Mm. The old, the, the local old Bill and all that. Um, to think what we did for them in the Seven Years' War and then the <laughs> Peninsula War. I get reminded of The ingratitude. I know. They, they didn't take kindly to those reminders. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, so, yes, I think that that um, leaves with, um, with four points um, and um, hopefully in a, in a reasonably decent position to... Um, to the, Schal- the Schalke result was a big help, wasn't it? Because I think they, Yes, so they drew, didn't they? They drew. And, of course, now managed by... None other than Robbie European Di Matteo. Yes. Robbie Di Matteo, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't going to go to that, but on the basis of um, him turning up, I've booked my ticket. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's a shame that we've had the um, the home leg. Um, the home leg, yeah. Unfortunately, it would have been nice to um, nice to have seen him back. But um, I hope he does well. You know, well, yeah. by then we should be through. I mean, if we can beat yeah. Maribor twice, we'll be qualified, yeah, and then we can just spend the evening having a celebration celebration of Robbie Di Matteo. Hmm. Yes, which will be nice. So. Be yeah. very interesting. And, I wish him every success there. I hope it goes well for him. Yeah, I mean, it's his, his first um, his first job back in um, back mm. in management since um, since the glory days of Munich and all that. Mm. So, um, yeah. fair play to the man and all. Um, right, he what was, else? He, he was there? apparently waiting for, for for something like that to come up. So, because um, obviously the Some, guy something well, like what? Well, something like that role that that particular job to come up. He'd been offered other ones. Um, none of them particularly lit his candle. Well, we were, we were, we, we were paying him, weren't we? We were, we were still, that was, was, we were still there, paying his wage. <laughs> there was some degree of truth in that, but that, that I think that finished quite a few months ago. And, yeah, okay. um, so one of the guys that I sit with in the club room and plays golf with him. Oh, okay. Plays at golf with him and Gus, um, Gus Poyet quite regularly. Um, and, and in fact showed us a, a video of Gus getting a hole in one on a, on a, on a just recently, um, uh, but he, he, yeah, he, he, he was basically saying that it was waiting because he's just moved back to wherever it was he, he used to live. Um, mm. You know, somewhere up in the Midlands, I think. You know, so around, obviously around near or within a, a, a stab of West Brom. Um, Seriously? So, yeah, yeah, I think that's where he, he, his house, and I think his kids go to school there as well. As and, and, and a Swiss sort of Italian has chosen to move to West Brom. Well, I guess he's probably. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's probably he's probably just um, he's probably got somewhere out in, in well, he, Schalke now, but would uh, yeah, he's so, probably he's probably not in a two bedroom semi near the bus well, garage, is we, he? Let's let's well, be truthful. No, and we used to ask Richard quite often, you know, why hasn't he got back into football? And it was basically a case of you know he's just waiting for the right thing. I think he was a bit averse to coming back into any anywhere in England. I think because mm. he was quite badly stung by the whole Chelsea thing. In the end, you know, thought he he thought he was badly treated which if we're honest you know I mean there was a degree of truth in that as well but things had started to you know go right in one area but wrong in others you know so mm. I, don't know. I, I wish him all the best I think he's been you know, yeah no no I, no um, no no issue with the man yeah. at all um, he no. did, did a Bear, bearing in mind that West West Bromwich is the highest ground in in England and he being an Italian Swiss it may be you know it may be the mountains that uh, yes. could be attracting him yeah mm. Mm. excellent Excellent. Well, I think we've noted that, so I think we've, we should we should refer to that as um, as podding sheds, passim, and all that. Um, <laughs> and right, what else have we got? It's, it's, you can tell it's International Week, can't you? Well, I just want to say about that sporting Lisbon one. It's interesting. I've, I found Mark's comments quite interesting because um, I find it, maybe it's a Champions League group stage thing or whatever. But the atmosphere never ever bleeds into the TV viewing. Or the, or the show. I, you know, I never watch a Champions League group qualifying game and think, "Wow, this is fantastic!" You know, the place is buzzing. 
it all, and maybe it's because you know my couple of experiences on Champions League nights uh, have been very dinner party-ish at Stamford Bridge, even you know, mm. it, it, you know, so, um, a different crowd are in there. A lot of people haven't got their you know their season ticket seats or whatever. Um, and so I think when you when you when you kind of lack any context about it, so when you're watching it, it, it the game either comes across as not particularly exciting, yeah, or like you said, the last ten minutes you're thinking, "Oh, and this has all gone against us." And it's always interesting because if you think about what I said at the beginning of this podcast, for the neutrals watching Chelsea Arsenal, I wonder what came through on the TV. Whereas we in the ground were, you know, com- completely enraptured by the whole thing and 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 sitting there thinking, "This is this is fantastic. This is blow for blow, bloody you know, toe to toe boxing match almost." Outside. Mm. Because there was only, what, three shots on target from Chelsea, none from Arsenal, that hardly ends up as an entertaining spectacle. It, you know, so I just wonder whether the TV thing does, does impact it. And actually, you know, being in the ground gives you a... It obviously does give you a, a kind of more complete picture, I think, because you're watching everything that's going on all of the time, as opposed to the selected editing that, you know, the, the various... Producers might want to give you uh, over certain incidents. I don't know. I just is this something for me? I mm. sit there watching watching Champions League games and think this isn't very exciting. It's like England games. I'm sure if you're an England fan, the Estonia game was quite good fun last night, but it just came across as being utterly dull. <laughs> I, do, I must admit, I, there, there was a, there was a lot of a lot of, of, of fuss, and we don't generally cover international football. There was a lot of fuss and shouting, but I actually thought it was all right. I, I, you know, there um, Estonia's. Um, Game plan was to stick stick a bus, eleven men, and the kitchen sink behind the ball, and hope for something on the break. And you know, all right, wasn't mm. brilliant, but we got a win. You know, what more can you want? It's yeah. it's, it's an away game and a qualifier. Yeah, that do. Um, so um, anyway, we we digress. Um, we should um, we should briefly um, congratulate and sort of commiserate with um, Chelsea FC ladies for their second place finish in the um, in the Super League yesterday. Um, I think they they needed a draw to win the title, and they narrowly missed out and lost two one to um, Manchester City, which gave Liverpool ladies, which um, I, I'm not even going to consider that whether that's a contradiction mm-hmm. in terms or not, um, gave them the title for the second successive year. Um, so congratulations, ladies! Hopefully, they will go one better next time. Um, I will I will give the inevitable public service announcement. Um, you can, of course, browse our extensive back catalogue of podding sheds um, at www.poddingshed.com. Um, and if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, then let us know via that website or via Twitter at Chelsea Blog or at the Podding Shed or any one of our individual accounts. I'm sure you know by now anyway. Um, anyone else, anything to add? We're, we're running under time for the moment, so if anyone wants to throw anything else in, please do. For a bit, for a bit of filler, I don't, there was a quick history note I forgot to mention when you were talking about Arsenal. Mm. Um, again, I'm, I'm very conscious of our non-European, non-British <clears throat> listeners. If you want to, to get a full understanding of Arsenal, their fans, and their general way of life, there was a Booker Prize-winning novel written in 1993-94 by the late uh, Scotsman James Kelman. Uh, which was mistranslated when it first came out as how late it was, how late. It was in fact that, how late it was, how late. <laughs> so that, that's one of those reading a full insight. Noted. I think, I think we've just about got that. You've gone, you've gone a bit dial up again. Yeah, so there's something going on with the, the, 
or down here. It, it's dropping out all the time. I've, I've it's the rain, several I think. Times. Could, yeah, could, yeah. Well, could well be the weather. Could well be the weather. Um, well... In which case, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll leave we'll leave the listener wanting more this time, and um, we we will head off and um, and went down merry way. Um, we will be back in a fortnight to ponder the aforementioned games with Crystal Palace, Maribor, and Manchester United, um, and um, we'll see you then. Um, in the meantime, thank you for listening, and good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>